I love that. Um, there was a season when we would do it about every week. Somebody would come up and say, and we had a lot of babies in this church. Hey, can we dedicate? And so we started kind of moving it to the end of the year and you know, around the Christmas season. Thought it would be kind of special. So it is, it is cool to do that. It's cool to witness that. Amen? Well, I, I feel like I have to introduce myself to you. My name is Shane Neese. I'm the pastor here at Living Water. Some of you may be wondering where I've been. Uh, I've been out of the pulpit for about five weeks. Two of those weeks I couldn't even talk. Um, you wouldn't have been able to understand me if I could. And one week I was leading worship for Joey as he was out of pocket. And Lance and I were in Tennessee the next week. And then David was kind enough last week to say, Hey, Pastor, you're, uh, uh, you're going to be coming in from Tennessee, short week. And why don't you just let me take that one too? That way you can rest and you know, kind of get geared up and ready for this week. And I'm like, that sounds like a great plan to me. So in doing that, I had some people that are wondering, like, where's Shane at? What's going on? Is he leaving? You know, and, and there's all these rumors, I mean, I've heard. And I'll just tell you this, that I plan on being here until the Lord calls me home, um, or he closes or opens another door, but I'm here. I just need a little bit of break, and that's okay, amen? Are you glad to be here? Good. I am super glad that you're here. I feel like i got to relearn how to preach, by the way. Uh, you know, I, I had all this time to prepare, and, and I remember last week I had some thoughts. I'm like, yes, this is where I'm going, and my prayer, like that song, Lord, I yearn for you. I want to be an open book. God, what do you want me to do? And I boldly pray, Lord, if you want to change it all, then you change it, and I'll just follow where you're leading, and it frustrates me when he does. You know, I ask him to, and then he does it, and I'm all panicked going, I don't know, God, if I can do this. And so if the sermon's bad today, we can blame God for that because he called an audible on me, if that's okay, but... No, uh, David had you turn to Luke uh, chapter 1. This is the Christmas season, and we're looking at the, um, the narrative there of the birth of Jesus, um, Mary's perspective. So let's begin by reading that verse, and I'll share with you a few thoughts. And so Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, You're, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Some of your translations will say nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, and I love this, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we have open hearts, open minds, open ears. Let us please hear what you might share with us today through your word and through, Lord, just the words that I share. God, I humble myself. I don't have it all figured out. Lord, I need you. And so would you just please um, speak to our hearts today as we gather. Lord, it's such a wonderful time to be here. Lord, let us seize the moment, seize the opportunity today and hear what you might want to share with us today in this Christmas season. And I humbly ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So the title of the message is Pardon the Interruption. And I want to begin by asking a question. 
How many of you, by raising your hands, would say you're a planner? Right? Planner. Raise your hand. Hold them up high. Be proud. You guys are a special breed. I'm not, and I appreciate people like you. I got to say that for 30 years, it's been a great frustration for my wife because I'm not a planner. She is a planner. I call audibles all the time, and she's like, ugh. It just frustrates her to no end that I would come in and say, hey, we ought to go out tonight. She's like, I had dinner planned. All right, put it on hold, and we go out. She's just gotten good at going with the flow. And I'm more of a go, go with the flow type of guy, and some of you are planners. And I just want you to know, if you're a planner this Christmas season, I'm praying for you <laughs> because you're stressed. Or you could potentially be stressed. Planning is a beautiful thing, but sometimes those plans get frustrated. And the next follow-up question I would have to that is, how do you respond to those interruptions? How do you respond to the interruptions? So I read a story this morning of a young boy who had a part in a Christmas play at his church. And his role was to recite some verses from Isaiah. And so to help him remember the verses, he, he took out the, the Isaiah passage and he wrote it on little pieces of paper and he pinned it to his clothes, you know, kind of as a crutch. And he memorized it. And so the day of the, you know, the, the play came and memory was serving him well. And he was standing on the stage in front of all the people and he began. He said, I bring you great tidings, right? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. And at that moment, a phone rang in the sanctuary, and the little boy just stopped. That interruption dis distracted him a little bit, and so he tries to start over. For unto us a son is given, or a child is born, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. But it was too late. His mind was distracted. He just could not recall for the life of him. And so he starts over again. Taking a deep breath and with confidence, he says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and his name shall be called. And at that moment, he looks down at one of his cards. He looks down in the waistband of his pants, and he says, Fruit of the loom. <laughs> Interruptions happen, all right? Interruptions are a part of life. Um, it's just something that we, I guess, grow accustomed to in life. And, and I would say this, there's no um, avoiding them. Interruptions are going to come, and they're a part of life, and we can't always control when they come or how they come, but we can't control how they affect us. Amen? And so this was kind of laid on my heart last week. I, I went a different direction, but it still ties in. Um, I, I sense that during the time that should be the most wonderful time of the year, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Joy to the world. I'm saying it to your faces because it's not relating back that this is a wonderful time of the year. Amen? It's Christmas. Isn't it crazy how the most wonderful time of the year can also become the most stressful time of the year? And it usually is little things. It's like, you know, we have our plans. We're going to go to this family's house, in-laws, and everybody's accounted for that's going to be there. And that one annoying relative's not going to be there. So you're like, yes, great Christmas this year. On the way there, you get the phone call. They're going to be there. And you're like, oh, great. Right? Plans interrupted. Or you're going to go on a date with your wife, go do some Christmas shopping in Amarillo, right? And you're like, honey, let's just go have a nice dinner. Let's do a little Christmas shopping. It'll be great. And you get there and you find out that the whole panhandle of Texas has decided to do the exact same thing at the same time, right? In fact, I still have a little PTSD driving down Sauncy by the new Brahms because it was there last year that we were involved in a wreck. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But some of those interruptions to our normalcy in life can cause us to be stressed out a little bit from time to time. And I believe that how we respond 
to those interruptions will produce either stress or growth. Now let me say this, not all interruptions are from God. I mean, we live in a world that's broken, and we have many of them. We can't say, hey, God brought that interruption into my life. But here's what I know. Romans 8.28 says, God causes all things. Say all things. That includes interruptions. Amen? So God causes interruptions, all things, to work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So even in the um, not God-ordained interruptions, the ones that just come as a part of living in a broken world, uh, we know that God can even use those in our life to cause us to grow. Or we could choose to respond with stress. And here's a spiritual element to consider for just a moment before we get back into the story. The enemy of our soul, Satan, would love nothing more than to distract us at this time of the year. Think about we're celebrating the most wonderful time of the year, the first advent of the Messiah, Jesus, born into the world. John 1.14, he became flesh and dwelt among us. This beautiful, beautiful story. And Satan would love nothing more than to keep us distracted, frustrated, stressed out so that we miss it. In fact, some people will say, I just can't wait till Christmas is over so we can get back to normal. <laughs> like normal's not messed up. <laughs> Tax season's coming, y'all. We should enjoy it. The most wonderful time of the year. And so the, the word interruption comes from two Latin words, and it really it just simply means this, to break into. To break into. And so life is normal. You got your plans. You got a little bow on it. They're tightly wrapped. You're like, everything's just right. And this interruption occurs. This something breaks into your, your plans and causes Everything to just kind of go upside down. And so it might be interesting to know this. And I would say this to that. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart. I would say in the woman's heart too. Many are the plans in a man and a woman's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that will prevail. Did you hear that? So we can make the plans, and there's nothing wrong with planning, but just understand that God is sovereign, and sometimes our plans don't line up with his, and so he says his purposes, his plans will prevail. So make the plans, but don't be upset when God says, hey, I want to call an audible. Amen? It's also found in Proverbs chapter 16. Um, one of the things I heard years ago, it says, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. Because he's in the habit of changing those plans. And so the Bible is filled with several different interruptions. You go back to Abraham. Abraham was absolutely comfortable in Ur of the Chaldeans. He was comfortable there. But God interrupted his plans because he wanted to begin a journey of faith with Abraham. Moses, you could say, was comfortable just herding the sheep in the wilderness. But God interrupted his plans because God's people needed a deliverer. And Moses was the man. Jonah was comfortable preaching the word of God in Israel. But God interrupted his plans because Nineveh desperately needed to know about God. Nehemiah was comfortable as the king's cupbearer. God interrupted his plans. The walls of Jerusalem needed to be rebuilt. You could go on. Peter was comfortable as a fisherman, but Jesus saw another person or purpose for his life. Or Paul was comfortable as a Pharisee, and thank God he interrupted Paul's plans on the road to Damascus, knocked him off his donkey because God needed a great church planner. And isn't Paul just a rock star as a church planner in scriptures? You see these interruptions throughout scripture. And when we consider Christmas the most wonderful time of the year, I just got to make this observation. Christmas was one huge interruption. 
You could say that about just our, our normal life. You got everything going on, everything's going the way it should, and then there's this one season, it's an interrupt, interruption of the norm, right? And so everything changes. We got all these parties, end of school stuff, uh, dinners, presents to get, people that you don't want to see but you have to see. We call them family, things like that, right? You got all these things that are an interruption to life. But if you consider the first Christmas, it was one huge interruption. Go back to the first story and consider Mary for just a moment. I want to make three observations um, about this interruption. So consider for a moment before the angel shows up that there's 400 years, 400 years of no word from God. Silence. The prophets are not prophesying. God is not inspiring. He's not speaking. Silence. It's as though God says, hey, I've had it up to here with you. I'm putting you in a corner Time out, and it was a long time out, 400 years. No word from God, and God breaks into or interrupts that silence with a message to a priest named Zechariah. Zechariah is in the temple doing his priestly duties. They just kept on going through their routines like they'd always done for 400 years, and all of a sudden an angel appears, breaks into the life of Zechariah and makes this huge announcement. What a beautiful interruption there. He goes to this young girl, Mary. He goes to Joseph. He goes to some shepherds that were just chilling in the field with their flocks. This huge interruption to their life. And I don't know about you, but I'm very grateful for the interruption of Christmas. Because it means life for you and me. Amen? So 400 years of silence is interrupted by this message that the angels bring, that there will be a, a Messiah, a son is born, a child is given, his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and cell phone goes off, and distraction so observation one is this, and this is an important one for us to understand. God is our discomforter as well as our comforter. Let me say that again because I think we have a hard time. It almost sounds sacrilegious saying that, but think about it. God is our discomforter as well as our comforter. I love the idea that God's comforter, right? We go through some hard seasons in life, loss of a loved one. And we pray, and he brings us that peace that passes all understanding. He brings us comfort, the comfort that only he can bring. I'm grateful that he's a comforter. But what we need to understand is he's also one who causes us to get out of our comfort zone from time to time. Enter this little girl named Mary. Now, culturally speaking, she could have been as young as 13 years old and engaged to Joseph. And I'm sure her mind was filled with all the excitement that came about being, you know, wed to a man. Not yet wed, but it's as good as married, right? They were betrothed. To think forward, like, what was life going to be to build it with this young man, Joseph? And they're going to start a family. They're going to have a few kids and just live life. And all of a sudden, this angel appears out of nowhere. Here's how it says it. It says that um, to a virgin Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And so that was her life. That was her normal. So that was her plan was to marry this man named Joseph. And all was great until, it says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. I'm sure she freaked out a little bit. It says, the Lord is with you. Now, I want us to not miss this because in verse 26, it says God sent the angel Gabriel. So no, make no mistake, this interruption was from God. God sent his messenger Gabriel to this little virgin girl and says, hey, I got something I want you to do. And I'm sure it was probably overwhelming, but at the same time, I'm sure there's a lot of feelings and thoughts that flooded her memory. She was confused. She was disturbed, it says. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. He finishes by saying, don't, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel of the Lord told her, for you have found favor with God. 
Here's what you're going to do. You're, you're going to conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He'll be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His message will never end. What an amazing interruption and announcement to this young girl. But it put her in a pickle, if you think about it. What will my parents think? What will this young man, Joseph, that I'm engaged to be married to, think? He knows it's not his. And in those days, the response to that in adultery was a death penalty. And we know that initially Joseph didn't like the idea of hearing this initially from Mary uh, when she finally told him because it says that he was going to put her away privately because in his mind, I think he thought, something's up. Not mine. This girl's pregnant. So I want you to know that it's probably an uncomfortable position for Mary. Wouldn't you agree? And I'm reminded when I see that, that God is often in the business of calling us outside of our comfort zones and calling us to do something that might not be comfortable for us. I'm living proof of that as a pastor of a church. I'm supposed to be a cable guy, y'all. I liked it. But God had different plans, and he called me to do what I do. And, and man, there's been a lot of things that have been uncomfortable for me, but I'm so glad call, God calls us out of our comfort zones the question is, are we willing to allow him to interrupt our busy lives? Many are the plans in a man and a woman's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that will prevail. I wonder sometimes if we weren't run around in the world all frustrated and just busy and stressed out, and God's like, hey, I want to interrupt your life. I want to knock you out of that comfort zone a little bit. And we're like, not, not right now, God. I ain't got time. Got too much on my plate. I hope that this Christmas season we can kind of have that attitude. God... If you want to break into my life, by all means. <laughs> Mine's kind of boring right now. I need you to do something cool, right? So the God that we serve is a God of discomfort as well as comfort. And just to remind you of the ones we talked about a while ago, I'm sure every one of them were uncomfortable with God's interruption in their lives. Hey, Moses, I want you to go be the deliverer of my people. Moses is like, I can't talk, Right? God is in the business of calling us out of our comfort zones. I wonder sometimes if God's calling you to something great and you're just scared to take a step. I know that, that, that feeling. I've been there. But I get the saying that someone told me years ago, and I love it. It's just embedded in my brain. It says, where the finger of God points, the hand of God provides the way. And I'm absolutely convinced that if he calls anybody, ordinary people, and he's in the habit of using ordinary people as well, that if he calls them to something he is able to equip them to do whatever it is he's called them to. So will you be willing to be moved out of your comfort zone for just a moment? And it may be something as simple as in line at a Walmart with all the people in the Texas panhandle at the same time thinking the same thing with you, and you're getting impatient. And maybe he's like, hey, get out of your comfort zone and go introduce yourself to somebody. Strike up a conversation. Huh, not me, right? What is it he's calling us to? He is our discomforter as well as comfort. We see this in Mary's life. He's calling her to do something that's going to be extremely uncomfortable for her. How will they respond? I love this. Her response is, but how can I know this will happen? I'm a virgin. Now, what we need to know is she's not doubting the message. I'm sure she grew up with all the Old Testament stories. God gave Abraham and Sarah a baby at an old age. So I don't think she's doubting here. This is not a statement of doubt, but I do believe she's just curious as a 13-year-old girl. Like, okay, how's this going to happen, Gabriel, since I'm a virgin? And so he responds, 
The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and it will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. Most translations translate that nothing is impossible with God. And I love that. Church, do you know that this morning? That we still serve a God of the possible, God of the impossible, that nothing is impossible with God. There might be limits to what we're able to accomplish, but no, 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 not with God. God is able to do exceeding and abundantly more than we think or ask. He's able. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so for him, this miraculous virgin birth is no big deal. To allow an older woman to conceive late in life is no big deal to him. The Lord's word will never fail. And I think that we need to know that. And I believe that Mary understood that. So it's not a question of doubt. It's simply inquisitive asking, all right, so how is this going to happen? And the reason I say that is because her next response was, I'm the Lord's servant. Now, I don't know about you. I'm about to be 52. I don't know about you. Never mind. Sorry. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. I love that. 13-year-old girl, I'm the Lord's servant. Do we respond that way? When God breaks into our lives and there's this interruption to the flow of what we call life and we got our plans all like we want them and God breaks into that and says, hey, I've got something I, I want you to do. I know it's a little uncomfortable, but trust me, my word never fails. I, nothing's impossible. I can make this happen. And we're like, mm, I don't know. Take our cues from a 13-year-old Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. I love that heart. And in fact, that's my prayer. That's why God kind of changed the direction of what I was sharing this morning because I said, God, I don't want to just get up there and waste time. I'm your servant. And whatever you want me to say, if it means getting up Sunday morning with a blank sheet of paper, it will freak me out. But God, I'm willing because I'm your servant. What if we all had that same attitude? God, I'm your servant, right? To all the people in the, the world around us, we need to realize that, you know, life comes through some of those interruptions. Relationships are born. Our faith is challenged. We grow in our faith. Literally, life came through the interruption in Mary's life. And I'm so grateful that she said, I'm the Lord's servant. Because today we celebrate Jesus, the most wonderful time of the year. Amen? So I would say this. How do we apply this in our own lives? Can we just be bold enough to acknowledge and recognize our own need for God to interrupt our lives? 400 years, 400 years of no word from God. I believe it's possible for us to go through life the same old routine, just going through the motions, just playing the game, and God will allow us to do that. But can I just tell you he's still in the business of breaking into people's lives, interrupting the flow and saying, hey, I'm here and I want to do something in your life. Can we just recognize our need for that? Sometimes we go through the motions. Sometimes we feel like our faith is stale. Joy mentioned that earlier. Sometimes we feel like we're just dry. Lord, I yearn for you. I want to burn with passion. I recognize my need and I'm the pastor for God to break into my life in a powerful way. Hopefully we can have that same mentality. God, how do you want to break into my life? And then secondly, I would say, ask Jesus to do it. That's a pretty bold prayer, isn't it? I did, and he changed my sermon. That's no big deal, but 
Sometimes you'll say, all right, Jesus, I want you to break into my life. I want you to interrupt my plans for your plan. What do you want me to do? And he'll do it. It's a brave, bold prayer to ask. But maybe some of us today need to ask that prayer. Lord Jesus, I want you to break into my life. Break into my life. Interrupt my plans. What are your plans for me? What is it you called me to do? How is it you want me to live my life, especially in light of this season? Don't let me be frustrated. Don't let me be stressed. Don't let me have the, the awe and the wonder of this season stolen from me by the enemy of our souls because I'm focused on stress. Help me to see the interruption as maybe an opportunity and not an obstacle. That's the third application. Look at the interruptions not as an obstacle but as an opportunity. God, what are you going to do in this? We can respond with frustration. We're good at that. That comes by you know, human nature. Really good at that. You should see me when I'm driving. My wife reminds me that I'm a pastor pretty regularly. You should probably pray, Shane. I'm like, I am praying that they'll get out of my way. But look at the interruptions in life. See, there we go. Perfect cue. Thank you so much for that going on, by the way. Look at the interruptions, not as obstacles, but as opportunities. God, what are you, what are you up to? I said earlier, not all the interruptions are from God. Sometimes it's just the world we live in, and there's some tough ones that we encounter. But even in that, if we could get to a point in life where we can say, you know, God, what, what, are you, what are you up to? Is there something that you're doing in me? Is there something that you're going to bring from this that's going to cause me to grow? Maybe somebody I love to come to the faith. I don't know, God. You're the one that does the impossible. So, Lord, I don't want to see these interruptions as obstacles and frustrations, but I want to see them as opportunities. What would happen if we had that attitude? And I would say not just during Christmas, but it seems like it's amped up a little bit during Christmas. Am I the only one that feels that way? Or am I the only one that senses it? It's not us because we're too holy, right? We're in the church. We're like perfect. But out there, those people are stressed. We were in Tennessee. Lance and I were sitting at this authentic Mexican restaurant. And we were amazed at this young girl that was waiting on us. She was so sweet. And it was towards the end of the, the time we were training. Uh, and we made the comment to her that we were impressed with Tennessee, Murfreesboro area. It's like, everybody's so cool, so nice and welcoming. I thought, man, these guys are just nice. And we were telling this young lady about it. We're like, hey, man, these people are just so sweet, so nice. And she goes, yeah, they're all like that. And then she said, where are you from? Texas. And she kind of gives us this look. Because I've always heard that Texas people are mean. And I said, oh, not panhandle people. We're cool. Just like this. It reminds me of home, right? But I said, and I'm, I'm joking, y'all. If you're here visiting from the Dallas area, forgive this next statement. But my daughter was in the first service, and I had to say, the people further down south, though, they can get a little mean, Right? And I said this, they're just stressed. <laughs> they're just stressed. Sometimes life can stress us out, can it? I would hope that maybe we could recognize the interruptions in life, not as obstacles that cause us to stress, but opportunities that God might be breaking in somewhere, somehow, into our life to cause us to grow in our faith. Think about John 1.14. It says, well, John 1.1 says, the word, um, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And 1.14 it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That brief, the word became flesh. That's why we celebrate Jesus coming to the earth. Amen? So listen to this. The first Christmas, God became human and made his dwelling among us. That's an interruption. God breaking into our world so that he could break 
be broken, excuse me, for us upon the cross so that the wall of our sin that separated us from him could be broken down so that he could break into our hearts with his pardon and his presence. And I would add his peace. I'm so thankful for the first interruption of Christmas, aren't you? So the question is, or I say a statement would be during this Christmas season, pardon the interruptions. Excuse them. Look at them from a different perspective. If you're here today and you've not placed your faith in Christ, I want you to know God wants to break into your life. For God so loved you, the world includes you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Whosoever. If you've not placed your faith in him, especially this Christmas season, just think of it as this beautifully wrapped eternal gift by God the Father that he extends to you. And my question would be, will you accept his gift of eternal life? For those of us who call ourselves followers of Christ, maybe it's just a wake-up call. Maybe it's an opportunity for us to look at things from a fresh perspective today as we pardon the interruptions that come in our life. Maybe we can learn to allow or excuse or maybe even expect and embrace some of those interruptions. To not allow those things to steal away our focus, the way we respond to them, to steal away the focus. But maybe even be bold enough to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I invite you to break into my life in a new way today. I don't know about you. But man, this, this world's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. And to think that we could go through life just like the, the little hamster on the wheel over and over, just running the rat race, just going through the motions. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't have time for that. I, I want to see God working in my heart. I want to see him working in this church, in this community, in a, a radical way. And that comes when we recognize that there's interruptions and we invite him to break in, into our lives in a new way. I love the way Max Licato summed this up. He says, he came, talking about Jesus, not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. God tapped humanity on its collective shoulder. Pardon me, he said. And eternity interrupted time, divinity interrupted carnality, and heaven interrupted the earth in the form of a baby. Christianity was born in one big heavenly interruption. Woo! Joy to the world. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Don't allow the busyness, the hustle, the bustle, the stress from all the change of plans and the interruption and the distractions to steal away your sense of awe and wonder and celebration of the one that made it possible for all of us. Amen? Would you be bold enough to pray that prayer? Lord Jesus, I invite you to break into my life in a new way today. Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have to just gather together and celebrate you. Lord, I don't want to be like the people who existed that 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. No word from you. God, you're still in the business of speaking. You're still in the business of moving. And Lord, our, our deal is just to open up our eyes and be willing to receive whatever it is that you're showing to us. And sometimes that might be in the form of an interruption. So God, I pray that you will allow us to have more of a go-with-the-flow mentality, especially during this time of year, that we might be able to see things from another perspective and maybe even be bold enough to say, Lord, I invite you to break into my life in a new way today. Life's too short to just go through the motions. God, as they anticipated 
the first advent, the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, let us anticipate the second advent, the return of Jesus, because we believe with all of our hearts that he will return again. And God, I pray that somehow we could allow, Lord, the things of this earth, the, the distractions, the interruptions, the things that stress us out or distract us to just fall by the wayside and help us to lift up our eyes and truly admire the one who is the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith, the one truly worthy of worship today. Lord, would you please do that in our hearts? If there be anyone here that's not placed their faith in you, I pray that they don't rest well with that position, that they realize that they're in desperate need of you breaking into their lives. Lord, and you've already demonstrated how much you love them because you didn't wait for them to do it all first. You did it first yourself. And so you demonstrated by sending Jesus long before we were even born that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so thank you for that great invitation. I pray, God, that we would respond to that, but we would grow just a little bit more in our faith this Christmas season, and we can truly just celebrate you because you're worthy of celebration. I humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.